You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to go ahead and support us here at the Lakers Fast Break, Tell a friend if they're into basketball and especially the Los Angeles Lakers, please tell them to check out all of our great episodes right here at the Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your podcasts. A great fan of the Lakers has stopped by once again, but also one of the preeminent draft experts that's out there, along with our good friends that are Michael Beisenberg and, of course, Rafael Barlow. I always got to get this guy in every now and then when he can stop by. It is one of the guys behind lines.com. Check out his continual NBA mock drafts today at lines.com. It was formerly draftsite.com, but it's now lines.com. It is Stone Hansen and Stone. Thanks for coming back on. I've been waiting for a while to get you back on. Yeah, I'm excited to be back on. Thanks for having me. I know we had a little bit of a gap in between since I've been last on, but uh, I'm excited to finally be back. Well, you've been doing some great research, detailed research on this upcoming draft. I know you've been extremely busy with that. And the day that we're talking on Wednesday, there was a little bit of a clearer picture, so to speak, that was made earlier today with the G League Ignite with several individuals that are vying for this year's draft played against the Warriors G League team. And I want to hear your thoughts on the Santa Cruz Warriors versus the G League Ignite. The best prospect I saw was Jared Jack. Oh, so he's not eligible for this year's draft, but he was 9 out of 10. So that's nothing to snooze at. But outside of obviously Jared Jack still trying to find a job in the NBA. And of course, Jeremy Lin as well. He scored 18 for Santa Cruz. There were some things as far as what scouts need to look at some questions starting to get answered what were some of them answered that were for you because there were some that were answered for me yeah there were some uh i think there are for me personally actually there are probably more questions raised than answered uh but some of the answers that came through for me today um well well the first was that um jonathan kaminga is uh he solidified himself as a top five pick um, where I think most people had him going into this, I think he he really showed today just his, his the entire package and skill set he has going into this draft. 
a versatile forward, uh, something that I think not a lot of people had really thought he was, but he showed today was that he's actually um, a pretty affluent passer, um, where I think that was a big weakness that a lot of people saw in him. Um, I think he answered some of those or calmed some of those concerns today uh, where he threaded some absolute needles and, and really impressed some people. He's pretty fluid athletically. So he is a little stiff here and there, defense and on offense, where he can get a little bit stagnant, not quite as nimble as you may like. Um, but those are things that you could you could tweak once he moves on and develops. And I think a guy that kind of raised a lot of concerns today was Jalen Green, someone that was also supposed to be a top five pick headed into into the draft, um, where I think there's a little bit of concern now. I think I'm not dropping out of my out of my top five just yet. It's only been one game, but I think there's there's reason to believe that he may not be as solidified in that group where people may have thought he was. He's he's really athletic, uh, has all the tools you could wish for. Six six guard, 190 pounds, nice long wingspan, but there can score really from anywhere on the court, um, as we saw in high school. Uh, but today he just he really struggled for all of that to come together. He's not a great ball handler, uh, something that I think we need to watch moving forward. Um, and it was it was sort of concerning today where the Warriors, Nico Mannion of all people, was kind of clamping him down. And that's someone Jalen Green should have a big advantage on uh, with his size and frame. So I think that there's some some reason for concern moving forward with Jalen Green, but I'm not totally putting my eggs in the basket based off of one game. <laughs> Nico, man. <laughs> it's so funny because Nico, man, you, hey, what about me type scenario? Because he was uh, someone that was very much, what, a little over a year ago, very much thought of as in very high respects by individuals such as yourself. And his career since then going to one year in Arizona and then being drafted by the Warriors, I believe in the second round, he, he fell to the second round and then uh, unfortunately has not clicked with the main team. It's not quite gone what he, what he expected. So it was kind of funny to see him in today's game. Hey, what about me? What about me trying to go ahead and take an abundance of shots and things of that nature while Jeremy Lin's game was more controlled more uh, receptive of what's going on, seemed a little bit more veteran in that sense. Nico Mannion was, you know, I don't care about those young kids. I don't care about those rookies. I am still, you know, the, the guy that people should be looking at there. It was kind of funny to see how that that transpired. But again, going into this, pretty much within all draft experts, such as yourself and everyone else, that green, you could pretty much throw a blanket over them coming into the game as far as where you thought they would be in the green over Kaminga. Some people thought Kaminga over green. After today, and like you said, based off a lot of the passing ability, which we didn't know was there, Kaminga is someone that is now moved a little bit higher on my list as well. Yeah, I think um, at least on Twitter, I was seeing a lot of people are considering moving him into that top three area along with uh, uh, Mobley, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs. And I think that's something that we didn't really expect, but Kaminga kind of thrust himself into that position. He, you know, he's he's got the perfect frame um, to be really, and he is a good defender already, but to really excel um, as a defender at the next level and be a two-way player, truly, that can, can be a difference maker on both ends. With his passing, um, hopefully the shooting improves a bit to where he's, 
He's a knockdown shooter, someone that can get his own shot. Uh, I think we saw the energy today he brings to a team, um, really strong rebounder. Um, so I think I think that uh, he'll be in that top three mix. I'm not quite sure how that's going to pan out right now, but um, yeah, he was he was really impressive today. The other guy that I thought was really impressive was Dacian Nix. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, I really like I really liked him coming into today, and I like him even more now. He's a really really big guard. <laughs> he's he's got a really stocky frame, one of the stockiest frames I've ever seen for a guard. Um, 6'5", 230 pounds, and just pure beef, just pure <laughs> pure uh, all stout. He can he can bully guys down on the block um, that are a little bit smaller than him. Um, but it kind of works as a double-edged sword where he's not quite as bursty as you may like for a primary initiator type. So hopefully he can cut a little bit of weight to where he can still bully people, but gain a little bit more speed. He's a guy that is really excels um, finding guys off of movement. As we saw today, he had a couple really nice plays where he just whips the ball around to the open wing um, and just sucks in the defense to be all around him. So he's someone that I think could be in the mix for top 10 moving forward. Um, definitely in the lotto conversation after today. I agree with you on that. I was just going to mention his name uh, as a individual that people need to keep an eye on because he played very, very well today. From the other guys, the only thing is the outside shooting. Obviously with Jalen Green and also Jonathan Kaminga, one of the things that in their chink of their armor right now, I guess is you could say, or one of the the things that they need to work on is the outside shooting uh, jonathan Kamingo one for seven i think Jalen green was one for three from three-point area and that's something obviously they need to work on your thoughts on that i mean it just seems like if there's anything that they need to start first and foremost is to try and develop that outside shot because we're seeing it how important it is in today's nba yeah definitely i think that's one area nicks has above both of those guys is he's already a pretty formidable shooter from outside. Um, with Jalen Green, I think it's less of a concern than Kuminga. Um, I think Green is a better shooter than what he showed today, a better player than what he showed today, um, just based off of what he has done in high school. Um, he's a guy that previously coming into today was pretty much can get his shot from wherever he wanted, um, wherever on the court, whether it be mid-range, three-point, or inside the arc in the paint. Um, so I think I think that's less of a concern moving forward. Um, I like his shooting mechanics a lot, and I think I think he can be a pretty respectable shooter at the next level. Um, with Kaminga, I think it's definitely a bit more of a concern. You know, his shot isn't quick, uh, isn't really a quick trigger shot. A little bit flat sometimes. He struggles to get his own shot from the, from beyond the arc. I think a little bit more than Green. So I think that's something to keep an eye on with him. But pretty much everything else he showed today, it's. He almost showed that he doesn't he doesn't almost need a shot because of how energetic and how um, smart he is within the paint and the footwork and everything like that. Anyone else stand out? I know that a lot of veterans played. Anyone else that might have actually garnered a glimpse? Because a lot of the rookie, you know, I, I say prospective rookies, I should say, they didn't get a chance to play. But was there anyone else that stuck out? I think Isaiah Todd was someone that um, people had a had a bit of an eye on coming into this this season for the G League. Someone that was in his earlier high school, like around sophomore, junior. I think a lot more people were higher on him. Towards his senior year, he fell off a bit. I'm not quite sure if he'll be a draftable guy or not yet. He'll probably get drafted just because of 
his pedigree and kind of what he's shown before. But he's a stretch big, around 6'10", 6'11", pretty skinny frame. He does struggle to shoot, which is ironic for his kind of archetype being a stretch big. He's not really great at getting his own shot. I think we saw today, though, there was some some optimism defensively. Um, There are a couple instances where Jeremy Lin would try to probe into the paint, and Isaiah Todd just wasn't letting him, which is pretty impressive since Lin is a really crafty guard and Isaiah Todd's pretty tall, lean guy and was able to be nimble enough to keep him out on the uh, perimeter instead of the paint. I think, you know, there's there's hope that if he can develop as a pretty formidable shooter, that he can be this two-way um, sort of unicorn type that everybody's looking for. But, you know, it's just he's more of kind of a low-end, uh, low-reward, high-risk guy that I think um, teams will look out near the end of the second round. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm with Stone Hansen. You got to go ahead and check him out at lines.com. Look under, got his latest mock drafts and his latest rankings for all the players there for round one and also round two. I want to ask you this. Is there anyone sneaking up right now on your draft boards, either for the G League Ignite or which in most cases right now that's out there in the NCAA. Yeah, I think we already touched on Nick's a bit. Um, he's someone that I, I like a lot. Um, hopefully he'll be able to stay within that top 10 range. A um, couple other people that I've been high on as re- as of recently is Rokas Yokobetis. I'm not sure if I'm entirely pronouncing that properly, but uh, he was someone I liked a lot last year as well. Um, he returned uh, back to Europe last year. Um, he's a really crafty guard, very shifty, someone that I think can be a pretty high-level backup for a lot of years in the NBA. Someone that with a little bit higher pedigree. Because you had Rokas right now. She early second round is what you have. Him. Yeah. The lines.com is not entirely updated yet because everything's still moving onto that. We're having a complete like facelift kind of. It's under new ownership. So that's not entirely accurate. The other guy that I uh, have been sort of high on recently is Jared Butler. He's someone that he, he should go lottery still, um, or at least near near the lottery. He's a, he's a real crafty guard out of Baylor and someone that's a really strong defender at the guard position, um, which, is, which is enticing considering the other point guards in this draft, uh, other than Suggs, are not really difference makers defensively. He's also a really formidable shooter and someone that I have pretty high optimism as far as his passing. The last guy would be Kai Jones out of Texas. He's someone that I think a lot of people have a pretty wide varying amount of opinions on him. Um, Some people like me have him top 10. Other people have him in the 20s. He's someone that has a lot of flashes, but it hasn't quite, it's going to be a project with him. It hasn't quite developed. He's a, I'm not sure if you remember, but Claxton out of a couple years ago. He's in Brooklyn now. He's someone that gets comparisons in terms of 
he's a big, but he doesn't play like a big. He plays more like a wing in Kai Jones's case, where he can handle the ball a bit, um, plays out on the perimeter more, both defensively and offensively, but has the frame as of a big where he's like 6'11", real tall and lanky. And there's a lot to like, I think, with him. Uh, he has pull-up threes in his arsenal, can do turnaround jumpers, all that sort of thing. It's just kind of getting all of it to come together for him. Um, and I'm pretty high on in terms of that actually coming to fruition. The reason why I want to ask you about him is that he's not the – I guess he's not the the individual that looks uh, that's looked on the most at that Texas team. Greg Brown seems to be the one that, you know, because of his athleticism, that seems to be looked on the most. I mean, is still a draft pick. And even though he has what I'm, what I'm seeing, big holes in his game right now, I agree with you that of the two that are performing now of the perspective for the Texas Longhorns team, I agree with you. I think Kai is actually doing a little bit better at this point in time than Greg Brown. Yeah, I'm actually not too in on Brown. Uh, as you said, there's there's already some major holes in his game. Shooting, decision-making, passing, all of those being uh, the case. I think the last I checked, he had like 30 turnovers and two assists this season, which is a major, major red flag. But he got He's... one more. He got one <laughs> more. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The athleticism is something he's probably the most athletic guy I've seen other than Zion. Um, He's just insanely athletic, but it's like, how much does that really mean if you don't have a skill set to go along with it? Something that, that uh, draft Twitter has kind of put in their, their dictionary, if you will, is, um, is functional athleticism, which is how, how you can have this athleticism, but do you know how to use it functionally do you know how to use your length, speed, vertical to kind of get you places and get an advantage over your opposition? And that's something I think Jalen Green today we saw struggled with. And I think that's something uh, moving forward, Greg Brown may struggle with. But there is room for optimism there with him. Uh, I just prefer Kai Jones in terms of the skill set that he brings, both as a shooter and as a defender on the perimeter, which is something you rarely, rarely see for guys his size. I can see why you're interested in what Jared Butler has to offer because obviously he has helped lead Baylor to a number two ranking and an undefeated record. I mean, there's much there to like, and I've seen his him play, and he's been very impressive. So I agree with you, man. I think his stock is going to continue to rise as far as the draft is concerned as we get closer. I know you said you have him right now listed on lines, but it's going to probably I have a feeling to be moving up from where it's listed right now, lines.com from 17 to, like you said, somewhere maybe creeping up into the top 10 at some point in time, as well as uh, what we see from Dacian Nix, who right now you have targeted for the Lakers spot at 27. I think that he won't, after today's game, won't be at number 27, rest assured. Yeah, I wish, but uh, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening either. But Stone, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the NBA itself because obviously as a humongous Lakers fan as I am, I mean, you're seeing the team going through the motions, I should say, because, you know, they're getting by with what they can. You see the flashes like we did in that second half versus Denver, and you see the flashes every now and then. How excited right now are you? Are you? over the Lakers at this point in time, because I know for other people, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of mixed because I just think that they're floating in and out of games. And that that concerns me. Yeah. 
Um, for me personally, I'm not too concerned moving forward. There's a lot of factors, I think. Uh, they, along with the Heat, had only had the shortest amount of days in between seasons of any NBA teams. Um, so there's there wasn't a whole lot of time to recover. I think some of it's just fatigue. Some of it is just they kind of know, I think, that they have the talent to, once they get to the playoffs, make more of a difference there. So I think, as you said, they are kind of going through the motions a bit. But it's not too concerning for me because I know uh, when we do get to the playoffs, there's a whole other level to them that they can accomplish. Well, I'm hoping for good things continuously for the Lakers. They are second in the NBA overall record. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts on some NBA surprising teams, whether it's in a bad or good way, just any teams that stick out to you as far as, you know what, I did not expect that to happen. Yeah, well, uh, you already mentioned the Lakers were second, and I think the obvious choice here is who's in first, uh, which is the Utah Jazz. I don't think people really expected them to be this good in terms of offense and defense. I'm not sure if you caught the game last night, but Donovan Mitchell against the Celtics was just unbelievable. And they're a team that does sort of concern me now a little bit moving forward. They they look they look more real than they have in the past couple of years during the regular season. Um, they've always performed pretty well in the regular season, but this feels a little bit different for me. Um, they just feel like they're they've finally like this is their time, and they've kind of been able to uh, put everything in motion in terms of making a deep playoff run. The other teams that have been a little bit of a disappointment, I think, have been the Sacramento Kings defensively. Offensively, they've been amazing. Um, defensively, it's it's a mess there. And I think uh, the Mavericks. The Mavericks have really disappointed a lot of people, I think. Luka, we kind of thought, would take that step forward and maybe push the Mavericks into a top four or five seed. And that hasn't been the case. They're actually near the bottom so far. A lot of it has to do with injuries to Porzingis, I think. Um, he's finally kind of getting back and getting rounding into full form. But defensively, they're they're atrocious. And for a Rick Carlisle team, it's pretty unprecedented. I'm not really sure what the answer is for them because their their whole team just seems unmotivated to play defensively. So I think their their big concern is just making the playoffs at this point. I'm not sure they're even guaranteed to get that far. Knicks fans are probably happy because they own their pick this year. Yeah, they're a team that that concerns me. And then again, on the optimistic side would be the Knicks. I think they've played it a lot better than people had expected. Uh, nobody expected the Knicks to be in the playoff hunt. And they have, uh, thanks to Julius Randle, uh, mostly former Laker, who's, who's really just been amazing this year as a facilitator because they really don't have one, a rebounder, scorer, really doing it all. Um, R.J. Barrett's taken a big step forward. He was pretty atrocious last year, honestly, but this year he seems he seems like a solid NBA player. Uh, still struggles shooting and all that, but a better passer and defender than he was last year. And now they have Derrick Rose, so we'll see what they can do. I think that stunts the growth for Emmanuel Quickly, who I have number three right now in my Rookie of the Year voting. Yeah, I'm not big on the move. Not so much because of that, because I think you can sell off Alfred Payton for maybe a future first-round pick or a couple seconds at the trade deadline. But for the pure fact that he'll probably help them win games, and I'm not entirely sure that's the best route for them to go where they're at. If you have the opportunity this year to possibly land two top-five picks with the Mavericks and their own pick, I think that's the route they should be going. And 
I'm not really sure why they're trying to win games at this point because it really doesn't benefit them all that much in the long term. Well, there I agree with you, but again, telling these guys not to play hard or not to play well, especially under Tom Thibodeau in his first year, and you know he's going to wear these guys out playing the starters close to 40 minutes each and every game. That's that's his uh, persona non grata there for you as far as usually it's concerned. But Emmanuel quickly, I mean, someone who I had thought maybe might be on the edge of the first round. I thought someone thought someone that, you know, people should really take a, in fact, the Lakers, I thought they should take a look at him at that point in time. Not, not as many people were as high on him. I'm glad to see him performing well above everyone's expectations, fearless shooter when he's given the opportunity. So it's nice to see that on the Knicks, they've given him that kind of opportunity, totally outplaying Obi Toppin and all the Obi Toppin fans that are out there. I'm sorry to, to say that, but I still think it's kind of, even though they don't, they can play them on the court together. I still think it kind of hurts his development, which like you said, they should be developing the youth and focusing on that more than just trying winning games. Yeah. um, And I think they have the opportunity to kind of to kill two birds with one stone, no pun intended. And I think uh, they can develop their youth where they played Obi Toppin a bit more even though i'm not too high on him but you can at least give him more minutes emmanuel quickly play him over alfred payton give the young guys a bit more run and you know it kind of does suppress their chances of winning a little bit because i think alfred payton and Derek rose are at this point probably better players than those guys and will lead to a little bit more wins i think it's in their best interest to play the young guys because it gives them more run more development time, and it also prevents them a little bit from winning more and going up those standings, hurting their uh, lottery pick chances. But don't ever tell a Knicks fan to be behind Knicks not winning after so many years of failure and so many years of disappointment. So I'm not going to say that out loud. It it is a smarter move to go ahead and do that. But again, you got to be happy for these long-suffering Knicks fans that they finally have a team that can maybe sneak into the play-in game. And who knows from there? Oh, yeah. I think that Knicks, Knicks fans don't even care about that point at this at this point in time. They just want any sort of taste of the playoffs. And, you know, I do feel happy for them in that perspective. But uh, I'm just, I just fear that it won't last too long. And you mentioned the Sacramento Kings. It's, you know, their, their offense is great and their defense is suspect. Not quite to the level of the poorest Brooklyn Nets defense which is you know going to be probably historic by the end of the year but I will say that you know what they're doing a lot better than what I had predicted I thought Luke Walton would have been already out the door by now and you know they're in the mix in that right around 500 area where seven teams eight teams are actually are right now in fact you literally can lose two games and you can fall from fourth place to 13th or 14th place real quickly in the Western Conference. I mean, there are several teams right around each other. And my surprise team right now is the San Antonio Spurs as far as in a good way because they're playing well above my expectations. San Antonio, which I didn't think that youth movement would actually be at this stage or this level yet for Greg Popovich, but he is going ahead and doing a great job of getting these guys to play. And the grizzled veterans that should all be on the trading block are instead proving to be, especially in DeMar DeRozan's case, developing their games even more to where they're able to go ahead and be a better fit for the team. But yes, Sacramento's playing above their heads. 
But the team that's kind of disappointed to me in the middle of that mix, in the middle of that 500 area block right there, is the Denver Nuggets. And Jokic having a MVP-like season and to him having such a great season to be there, I can understand it kind of with Stephen Curry having such a great season because he just does not have the talent around him. With Denver, they're just, what, a few months away from being in a Western Conference Finals, even yeah. though Jokic is at playing like MVP level. Yeah, Jokic is playing out of his mind right now. It's really crazy what he's doing. Had that massive 50-point game the other night. But yeah, Denver, Denver's been fairly disappointing. Um, I think some of it comes back to injury. Michael Porter Jr. has been out a little bit. You know, they've had some smaller injuries. I think Gary Harris lost a couple games. But yeah, they've been fairly disappointing outside of Jokic. Jamal Murray's had a really slow start to the season. He's finally picking it up a little bit, but he's not quite where you want him to be after you saw that incredible playoff run he had in the bubble. Uh, you were kind of hoping he would pick off or pick up where he left off, and that hasn't been the case. I think they're a team you could see taking a big swing at the trade deadline. Someone that you know, in hopes of making this a making themselves real contenders, uh, maybe moving on from Michael Porter Jr. and a couple other pieces to find that that make that big three in the Western Conference. So uh, we'll see what they do. But um, yeah, so far it's been kind of an unpleasant start to the season for them outside of Jokic. But yes, there are literally about 10 teams right now, all within the mix, within three or four games of each other. And all it takes is one big swing, one way or the other, and they can go anywhere in the Western Conference, seemingly from fourth to 14th in a matter of days. One week, they're fourth. One week, they're 14th. So we're seeing that right now. So all the teams that we say are disappointing can be at or near the top of the Western Conference. And so it's it's uh, very interesting to see where that mix is. Eastern Conference, that's a little bit rougher from there. It looks like it's a two-team race right now between Milwaukee and also Philadelphia. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, Stone, you've been such a great guest as always. I love my time speaking to you, talking about the draft, talking about the Lakers, go Lakers, and also everything else going on with the NBA. But you got to give everyone an update on where to check out your work each and every time out and how can they follow you on social media? Yeah, so um, right now, uh, as you said, I'm with Lines.com. We're going through some changes because of new ownership, so not everything is completely updated yet. I'll I'll be able to tweet that out once uh, everything's done and set and ready to go. But for now, you can follow me at report underscore court on Twitter. I pretty much share all my thoughts and opinions during the games that I watch for scouting purposes, so you can kind of see where I stand with different prospects and what I think about them along with some NBA stuff and Lakers stuff as well. So uh, 
yeah, that's where you can find me. Report underscore court on Twitter. That's report underscore court on Twitter. Catch him today. I do. I always love his comments on what's going on as far as the draft is concerned. And of course, you know, I don't mind at all when he talks about the Lakers. And as a fellow Lakers fan, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. I hope the interim in between the time you and I speak is going to be a little bit shorter next time around because I always love your insight. I always appreciate your insight going forward. I know I'm going to have on back on Mikey V. I know I'm going to have back on Rafael Barlow, who is bicycling somewhere in the United States, as you and I follow on Twitter and social media. But all the best to both those guys. But Stone, continued safety, continued health for you, my friend. I do need to, like I said, get back with you very soon whenever you can come back on by the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. As am I, my friend. As am I. Once again, it's Stone Hansen from Lines.com. Check out his work as it's being updated today on the NBA Draft at Lines.com. Well, Stone, it's been great having you once again, and I look forward to bringing you back right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.